Okay, this case I am about to record has left me with chills down my spine. Whew, here we go. Today I am recording case file number 325. About one week ago, I decided to organize some case files while in the basement, and I stumbled across a metal filing cabinet. I thought, maybe I could use the cabinet to organize some files, because it didn't look like anyone was using it. But to my surprise, when I went over to try the handle, the cabinet was locked. None of the drawers would budge. So I went upstairs and asked around for the key, but no one seemed interested. Jax told me not to worry about it. He said, that cabinet I found was full of closed cases. I asked, where did you get that information from? Because this was the first time I had ever discovered this cabinet. Okay. So here's the really weird part. Not like the chills weird part, but the weird part. Jack told me it was common knowledge. Um, okay. Where? Because like, why am I left in the dark? It just made me even more determined to, to open it and go through the files. So I guess it was a little stupid of me to try and pry open the cabinet with a crowbar, but nonetheless, I tried and all I succeeded in was breaking off one of the handles. Good job, Jane. A few days after I broke the handle, I had just finished investigating and solving a homicide. That victim also worked for the same police department as me. The victim's wife thanked me. Here's the weird part. She handed over a key to me that belonged to her husband. And without any further explanation... At all. She just quickly left before I could question anything. The key she gave me looked pretty old and rusted. Of course, predictably, my first inclination was to assume that maybe, just maybe, this key would fit into the filing cabinet. My curiosity got the best of me, and I decided, eh, what the heck, what do I have to lose? So, I used the rusty old key on the filing cabinet, and to my surprise, it actually worked. I finally had a chance to go through and read those file cases, so I did. This one case in particular that I found sends chills down my spine. This case I found had been closed for years. Now before I begin, I will let you know that the man who disappeared, his name was John. To make things strange is... This isn't the first time that John had disappeared. This case file I have right here in my hands says that John died of natural causes. However, he did not die of natural causes. He simply vanished without a trace. 
The following recording that you are about to hear is a case that I have entitled The Lost Numa. John did not die of natural causes. He simply vanished without a trace. Twice to be exact. I was able to contact John's parents. They are still alive and healthy. I asked if I could interview them and help them figure out what happened to John. They agreed. John's parents told me he had gone missing 10 years ago. He disappeared when he was just 18 years old. Moving on was very difficult for the parents, especially because John was their only child. Not only that, but it was also heartbreaking for them when police told them they had not come up with any evidence while investigating the missing teen. One night, there was a knock at the door. And when they opened the door, to their surprise, it was their son, John, whom they thought was dead. John's mother was very hesitant to believe this man, who was now 28, claimed to be John at first, but she said that a mother never forgets what her child looks like. John's mother said she was so taken back and surprised to see her son that it seemed too good to be true. And yet she said she somehow still felt sorrow. They immediately welcomed John into their home with open arms and had so many questions to ask him. It seemed that John had suffered some sort of amnesia. John could not remember anything except that he was lost in the woods for a long time and trying to find his way out. According to John, he was lost in the woods for only a few hours before finding the house and returning home. He had no recollection of anything else. I pressed the parents further, trying to see if they could remember anything more. John's father then remembered that John kept saying something about a girl named Beth. He also said John's behavior had been very strange and unlike the John that they knew and loved. John would go around the house looking for Beth. John had claimed that he had a twin sister. I replied, did he? 
John's mother told me we never got the chance to tell John, but he indeed had a twin sister. We felt that even at 18, he was too young to know, and we never had the chance to tell him. They also told me that John had confided in them a few days before he went missing. John had claimed that he told his parents that he was being chased by someone or something. But he never revealed who or why. His parents told me that they did everything they could for him at the time. They took a day or two to celebrate with him and the next day he took his parents car, said he was going to the store, said goodbye, and then simply vanished for the second time. The authorities found the parents' car on the side of the road. The car's engine was still warm and running with keys in the ignition. His ID and his wallet were in the dashboard of the vehicle. The vehicle was parked about 40 feet away from the lake. The only thing that was out of place was the driver's side door. It was left wide open with no John in sight. Nothing else had raised a red flag with the authorities. No other evidence has been brought to light, and no witnesses have come forward. This is John's story, which still goes unsolved. If you or anyone you know has any information at all about this case, or have a clue as to what has happened, please call 323-607-4245. That's 323-607-4245. Thank you for listening to Case File Number 325. Thanks.